the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning and welcome in. Oh, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, probably anything. So let's take a look at you know some of the market stories of the day. Let's try to you know figure out why the economy is doing what it's doing and why the stock market is reacting the way it does. Yesterday was a kind of a crazy day. Uh, sharp sell-off in the morning. Little bit of a rally. Little bit of a rally. Then a sell-off. Then a rally. Basically losses, but not horrific. A lot of volatility was attributed to concerns about growing social unrest in Hong Kong. And the specter of China clamping down on things there. Think Tiananmen Square. Part D. Or maybe not. I mean, that's certainly dramatic on my end to jump that far. <clears throat> Hong Kong was run by the British for years and 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 years. And China said, we want it back. And they said, okay, let's make a deal. How about you let the people of Hong Kong choose their leaders? And China said, okay, for a while. till we change our mind. And yes, they changed their mind. So pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong, images on television, are quite um, dramatic. Police firing tear gas, protesters throwing umbrellas. Yes, yes, umbrellas. Uh, Quickly magnified. So the market has to deal with this and think about, you know, what if China does something stupid? What if, you know, Hong Kong continues to, to fight this? Well, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, so what a party we'd have. Um, eBay has said that they will separate their PayPal business away from them in 2015. That has, that's just top story. You know, PayPal's, I don't think anyone really likes eBay, but people are fascinated with commerce and new ways of doing commerce, new ways of paying bills. And PayPal's always been good at that. So, got a little bit of a, a weak market this month. Not too dramatic, not too bad. Um, so, we're still dealing with it, I think. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Just call and make sure the phones are working. I'm not even sure that they are at this point in time. So, home prices in the United States rose at the slowest pace in almost two years. Does that make sense to you? Or what part of the world do you live in is kind of the question, you know? Are you in a hot real estate market? Or are you in a denial of what real estate is or isn't type of world? Home prices in 20 U.S. cities rose in the year ended in July at the slowest pace in almost two years. Very tight credit and limited wage gains are weighing on demand. 
So property values have shown more subdued appreciation as investors step back from the market and first-time buyers are a historically small percentage. So <clears throat> easing price increases and strides in the labor market could help more Americans consider home ownership. So in order to support further gains in home prices, you'd need stronger housing demand, an improvement in the rate of household formation, and inventories kind of remain lean. You will get all this, and it'll just probably be at a moderate pace is the expectation going forward. Other stories of note today include, but are not limited to, Carl Icahn is $138 million richer because he won that PayPal fight to, that, you know, he wanted eBay to spin PayPal off. $138 million. Like, I don't want this guy to die, and he's unfortunately at the age where at any day he can go. I kind of say that about anyone who's 75 plus. I think that's fair to say. Uh, Ford didn't have the best news. I remember when Ford was referred to as found on road dead. Uh, Ford projected it's going to lose $1.2 billion in Europe this year, basically tied towards European sanctions of Russia. It plans to launch a super-duty pickup trucks with aluminum bodies. Um, I know you're saying a super-duty pickup truck with an aluminum body. Hmm, sounds enticing. Walgreens, 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 Walgreens. Reported profit and sales that matched expectations. Drugstore posted fourth-quarter earnings of $0.74 cents a share. Other stories of note, SuperValue announced it found another incident of car data capturing malware installed on some of its stores in Minnesota. Catalyst, so what's the lesson there? You have to check your credit report at least three times a year. And if you don't, you're just kind of being ignorant. Or is some relatives of somebody probably say ignorant? Don't be ignorant. Catalyst Pharmaceuticals has a late-stage study showing that FERDAPS, FERDAPS treatment benefits sufferers of Lambert-Eaton myasthetic syndrome, which is an autoimmune disorder that causes muscle weakness. I know you're saying, start that story one more, do, do it one more time. Catalyst Pharmaceuticals, ticker symbol CPRX, as a late-stage study showing that their FERDAPS treatment benefited sufferers of Lambert-Eaton myasthetic syndrome, an autoimmune disorder that causes muscle weakness. Trying to buy tech, biotech companies is pretty tough because you're dealing with things that are tough to pronounce unless you're a scientist. So just keep that in mind. J.C. Penney saw their outlook raised to stable from negative according to the investment company that grades debt and grades cash flows. Um, Moody's still carries a below investment grade rating of CCC+. Better than junk, but not a lot better than junk. I know you're saying, wow, I wish I had your job, Rob. That would be so cool. Awesome. George Clooney says marriage feels pretty great. Sure. Anyone who could marry a barrister or attorney of people's civil rights who happens to come from fashion model genetics and a world privilege, privilege, all not too shabby. 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. Um, pay TV. Take stock of the Dodgers fiasco. The Los Angeles Dodgers were on fire this season. But most baseball clubs' fans couldn't catch any of the regular season excitement. In large part, Time Warner, which uh, agreed to a 25-year, $8.3 billion to manage the channel, failed to get it carried in major distributors. The Sportsnet LA channel that carried nearly all the team's game was available in less than one-third of the L.A. market. Welcome to the future of sports, people. It's going to be more exclusive 
than ever. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Pick up the phone, give me a call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Toyota says it's recalling 690,000 Tacoma pickup trucks because the rear leaf springs could break, puncture the gas tank, and cause a fire. The recall covers the Tacoma 4x4 and pre-runner pickups from the 2005 through 2011 model years. Toyota says it's not aware of any fires, crashes, or injuries, and people are going to be notified. And Toyota says dealers will fix the problem at no cost. Very, very common to see recalls. Uh, people are now saying that Frozen, not Frozen, but uh, Halloween has once again gone even further and further and further to um, ludicrousy by letting women dress up in a trampy fashion, is now in Olaf costume that is pretty suggestive. So sexed up Halloween costumes, nothing new, but it's that time of year again where we get to do stories about sexed up Halloween costumes. Halloween manufacturers have faced growing scrutiny of the absurdity of some of this, and when you could turn a frozen snowman into something sexualized, it does make you scratch your head and go, really? <laughs> Do we really need this? And I suppose the answer is absolutely, because the market speaks. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The SP 500 is down a fraction. The Dow is down three. The NASDAQ down seven. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, I recently got an email that I want to share with you. It said, I was recently laid off from work. My husband works full-time. We want to save money by doing our own taxes. You can give me a heads up on what information I need so that we can do our own taxes instead of giving our financial advisor $250 for our taxes. $250 really to have somebody do your taxes is not that much these days. Right. So that's that's one thing. And, and realize that one of the advantages of paying somebody else to do your taxes is that if you are audited, it's not you sitting in the room with the IRS. Part of that CPA or enrolled agent's duty is to be there if you're audited to defend what was on the tax return. Okay. They're going to be much better at it than you. So, you know, with that said, with things like TurboTax, it has gotten a lot easier to, ha- to do your own taxes because one of the hardest things is your tax situation becomes more complicated when you invest because you have things like dividends and interest that get reported. Right. And then when you sell something there's the cost basis issues. And a lot of people didn't know how to report that. Well, laws have changed. We're now going forward, brokerage firms with funds that were, with anything that was purchased past, I think it was 2012, they have to report the cost basis right there on the 1099, which makes it easier for you to get it right into your tax software. And most brokerage firms can actually link to your tax software um, and download all those transactions to fill out your Schedule D and things like that. So it is easier to do it on your own, but again, you've got to say, is 250 bucks, or which is fairly cheap to do your tax return, is is uh, is that worth being able to say I don't have to sit there if I am audited? I think it, another component we have to talk about is it's just how complex the tax scenario is. Uh, rental properties out of state, um, businesses out of state, K-1 filings. If this is just simple income, if her husband works at IBM and has a W-2 and that's all they have, IRS has a free. Um, 1040. Yeah, you can, you can do that online very simply. A lot of stuff that's free out there. Right. Um, just Google free tax preparation. Try to find a site that's legitimate, like the irs.gov, and not like something 
com from New Zealand. Like you're not you're <laughs> you're looking not to like get it free like in a wacky way. You're looking to get it free in a cheap way if you have a simple tax return. Right, and yeah, if you do start investing out of state, you've got other states' tax returns to file if you're doing real estate or you have several properties. You're probably going to want to do an LLC out of Delaware or Nevada, for example. Um, and also, as as the world of in- investing grows, more money is going to be required to be overseas and in, in international funds. Um, younger people, in my opinion, should have 20% or more, at least in international exposure, minimum. Well, one of the areas that I see some investors get in over their head is limited partnerships. Right. Well, like, and, and then on the well, even on the international side, yeah. when you're in funds or stocks, foreign taxes end up being withheld on certain dividend payments and things like that, and you get credits back. Uh, and that, those types of things show up on the 1099. The average person doesn't know where to look for that. So, um, and yeah, if people invest in in things that are called master limited partnerships that are just stocks that trade on the exchange. Um, and what they do is transport oil or natural gas. They pay a nice big fat dividend. However, they issue a K-1, which typically comes after you your taxes are due, and they come in May a lot of times. Which is nuts. Yeah. And if you invest in too many of those and say inside your IRA, it can cause your IRA to be taxable. So those types of things catch investors off guard, especially now that they're hunting for a yield. You mentioned that $250. I'm speaking with CFP Chad Burton from New Focus Financial. You mentioned that um, doing your own taxes for $250, having a, a guy do your taxes for $250 is cheap. What does a CPA typically make for doing taxes? Well, it's typically more than that. I yeah. mean, it's, it's tough. That. Most CPAs now are... I think are, are really just they they want to take the higher net worth and the small business owners because of the competition from things like TurboTax, which makes sense because as a business owner you don't want to be spending your time bookkeeping, doing your taxes. Um, you want to hand that over. It's part of your job as a business owner to be able to outsource the things that you're not good at. That that anything that takes away the time of growing your business, you should be outsourcing to a CPA. Do you feel comfortable using a TurboTax, or do you feel comfortable telling some of our audience to use a TurboTax? Um, I definitely feel so comfortable in telling your audience, some of your audience, to use TurboTax. If it's just a W-2 situation, there's not a lot of investment income, um, things to worry about, especially if they're under 250000 and they're not dealing with the new taxes. Um, I have, I've had lots and lots of training in taxes. I still have a CPA do my return and my business's return. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You could also drop him an email, chad at newfocusfinancial.com. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. But again, CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. So one of the big stories of the day is Walgreens quarterly sales rising 6.2%, helped by higher prescription sales. Walgreens CVS have done very, very well with the advent of Obamacare. You hear about the X number of millions of Americans who now have health care that didn't, and part of health care is popping pharmaceuticals. So prescription sales, which made up nearly two-thirds of the company's total sales, rose 9.3% in the fourth quarter. That's a bit of a shocker, isn't it? When you think of how much, like you, you drive by a CVS and how much is done in the pharmacy business versus how much is done in the selling Coca-Cola and chips business? Prescriptions made up two-thirds of the company's total sales. Wow. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Take a break here. I'll be right back.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. Best time to buy things? Worst time to buy things? Summer has ended and thus camping season is over. So the best time to buy camping gear, fishing gear, tents, hiking shoes, right now, 60 to 70% off. Costumes, Halloween costumes are in high demand in October. They're in higher demand, uh, higher supply in uh, November, less demand. Last year's inventory right now gets you the lowest prices. Shop online is probably the way to do it. Barbecue grills, you can get 50% off at companies like Home Depot based on, you know, rebates and other issues. No one wants to buy a grill when it's getting rained on. Uh, wait a little longer to buy cold weather apparel. You're not going to see any deep discounting on winter clothes until at least November. 800-516-1220 is 800-516-1220. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, Chief Market Analyst. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you. So what's the word on Wall Street these days? Uh, it seems like September's not, it's not feeling to be the best month. Uh, it's not. You know, we haven't had a great September. Uh, I think we were down about 1.3% entering today and uh, we're kind of out a little, little flat uh, somewhat today. But, you know, I mean, September has a history of, of not being the greatest month. You know, according to the stock traders, Almanac, it is uh, ranked as the worst performing month for the S&P 500 on average, uh, dating back to 1950. Um, a lot of theories as to why that is. Uh, one popular one is just that coming out off the summer holidays, um, you know, fund managers come in and they kind of like sit there and they, they reassess things and they start looking uh, ahead, to, you know, to the year ahead and trying to uh, rebalance portfolios perhaps for what they think is going to play out in the next uh, 12 months or so. Um, so you're getting some of that, I think, kicking in here. And and then, of course, you just, you know, have to be cognizant. I mean, we were sitting there at record highs not that long ago off of what was the largest IPO in history. Uh, the market had run 6% in a period of about six weeks. So it was looking overextended. And, and then you get some of these worrisome sounding headlines on the geopolitical front that uh, provide that convenient excuse to go ahead and, uh, and take some profits after a very big run. Speaking of that geopolitical front, it kind of seems out of nowhere that Hong Kong is starting to riot, not, eh, not riot, protest, yeah. um, Chinese authority over their, their state per se. Um, where, how did that story happen so fast and is it all that important? Right, well, well, thank you for pointing that out because that was my perspective on it too. You know, last week, um, you know, the market was obviously uh, quite volatile. Uh, it had several down days. Uh, you know, I think um, you know a near two percent drop. At, you know, in the Dow, uh, one of those days, and and on that day, there were probably upwards of about twelve reasons that were cited for why the market did what it did, and not one of those reasons included uh, protests in Hong Kong or even the potential for protests in Hong Kong. So um, knowing that and seeing what did transpire over the weekend and now how it's front and center, you know, makes me think that it's really, uh, well, it's, it's an interesting story, obviously, um, as it relates to the stock market. Um, I think it's really being overplayed right now as a, as a catalyst for selling interest. Um, but that goes back into this idea that you've had a big run, right? The market made a nice move in a short period of time. We're at the end of the quarter here, and a headline like that just kind of gets everyone all worked up, and uh, and some of the TV uh, pundits all worked up, and it just creates that uh, opportunity to go ahead and, and take some money off the table. But um, but I'm not seeing it at this juncture anyway as the you know the real fear factor that's going to undo uh, this bull market run that we've been seeing persist for so long now. I think one of the stories that I'm seeing out there in the last maybe month, three weeks, is the stronger dollar, weaker euro, weaker ruble. Um, how, as a market analyst, Mr. O'Hare, are you approaching these kind of shifts or the shift into the stronger dollar? 
Great. Well, uh, I think we discussed that a little bit last week, and you, you know, you certainly have to be um, uh, appreciative of the the risk of a of a rising dollar and and how that's going to play into the translation effects for U.S. multinationals doing business in those areas where the those local currencies have weakened considerably, i.e., uh, the yen and, and the euro. Um, so what you try to do is, is assess which companies might have the most exposure. But uh, the thing to remember about <clears throat> the dollar argument, too, is that you know a lot of companies don't, you know, they, they have hedging programs in place to help mitigate the effects of currency exchange volatility. So uh, while every one of these U.S. multinational companies will state in their 10-K filings that, you know, the currency is a risk factor, and that's true, uh, they also state at the same time, though, that they, you know, employ steps to help offset that some of that um, that adverse uh, effects of the translation issues. So, um, but you are going to see hear it mentioned uh, increasingly as a risk factor. I think as it relates to the guidance these companies are going to be providing for the fourth quarter and even into the early part of next year, particularly if the the dollar strength persists. Um, most of the weakening in the euro uh, has. Uh, occurred in the latter half of the third quarter, so it's not uh, as much of a negative factor for the third quarter reports that we're going to be hearing shortly. Uh, but if, uh, as it relates to the <clears throat> uh, fourth quarter, though, it will come into play. And so, you, you know, I, you do you look for those companies that might have added exposure to to the Europe to the euro. Um, in my big picture column this week, I did screen for S&P 500 companies that do have significant exposure there, which we defined as more than 30% of their revenue coming from either specifically Europe or the European Middle Eastern Africa segment, which a lot of companies categorize to capture the, the European sales as well. And we came up with 16 companies that uh, derive 30% or more of their uh, uh, revenue from there and would need to be watched carefully in terms of what they're saying about their uh, respective outlooks. Anything that you're working on right now that should bring uh, to our attention? Well, uh, earnings, you know, we are, okay. we're kind of in that period here. Uh, we're going to start hearing pre-announcements probably pick up, you know, as we get into the first two weeks of the four, fourth quarter, and then you have the actual reporting period for the third quarter begin in earnest in the latter half of October. And so uh, what I'll be working on is, is an earnings preview for the third quarter um, uh, that should be posted sometime later this week, perhaps early next week. Uh, but that is uh, what's in, on my radar. And, of course, I'll also be watching what we hear out of the ECB later this week as well as the employment report on Friday. Any commentary for me on how small caps are so different than large caps and they seem to be breaking down? Is that a buying opportunity? Is it telling you something? Is there any commentary on what you're seeing in the small cap action? Yeah, it's, it's perplexing, admittedly. Um, you know, we hear all uh, time and time again about how the U.S. economy is the best place to be right now. Things are picking up here, um, and uh, and that you should, you know, try and avoid some of this foreign exposure by playing those companies that don't have any exposure uh, uh, internationally, and that should play into the strengths of the small cap issues, which are largely, you know, uh, do business here in the United States. But it does... Uh, make me think or ponder the idea that, you know, maybe they are canary in the coal mine, really, in terms of as it relates to the outlook for the United States. Maybe it's not as robust as a lot of people want to believe it's going to be uh, in coming uh, months, and some of that uh, concern might be priced into this, uh, uh, the Russell 2000 and the pullback we're seeing in those small cap stocks. I'm not saying that's what the issue, what it is specifically, but it is something that's uh, that I'm contemplating and, and I'm watching carefully, and, and hopefully we'll have a little bit more perspective on uh, the other side of the orange reporting period. Any hopes that Congress and the President start working together and somehow get some sort of like infrastructure bill passed to really help our economy? Any hopes or... We're not yeah, in that world anymore. Well, uh, certainly not in the near term. I mean, the midterm elections are coming into focus, and it's going to be, you know, some dirty <laughs> politics, I think, leading up to that, you know. Uh, and then, of course, if, if the outcome of that election shows that the GOP has won control of both houses, um, uh, it will really get interesting because then President Obama's obviously going to have to be considering, you know, what he might need to do in the final two years of term to try and preserve his uh, his own presidential legacy, and then at the same time, what the GOP is going to be starting to think about, you know, how they might be able to take control of the White House in 2016. So it's not, I'm not feeling all that hopeful right now, um, uh, but uh, and there's 
certainly hasn't been any recent precedent that suggests we should be feeling all that hopeful as it relates to uh, congressional and presidential dealings. Thanks very much. That is Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Briefing.com is a website that I start my daily routine on. Um, when it comes to financial news, media, information, investing, I think they're the best out there as far as independent live market analysis of U.S. and international equity markets. Uh, I think you learn quite a bit, and uh, they cover basically everyone. It's a solid website that is a little intimidating in that that does offer something for everyone, whether it be swing trading, technicals, data-intensive economic insights, bonds, briefings from the Fed, briefings on rates, uh, open stock market commentary, uh, economists, and much, much more. Very solid site, briefing.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Today, the federal government is expected to release details of payments to doctors by every pharmaceutical and medical device manufacturer in the country. This is kind of important for you to know. Many, many, many years ago, when I was just starting off in media and financial media, I get invited to give speeches on the economy, on the stock market, by major pharmaceutical companies. Merck and Pfizer would have a new product they wanted to release, so a rep from Merck or Pfizer would contact me and say, hey, I'm hosting dinner for 25 doctors. Do you want to come and talk? I'm like, sure. So part of it was kind of cool. I'd get this like incredible dinner paid for free. That was a seven-course, like off-the-hook kind of meal, if you know what I'm saying. The downside of it is that I kind of learned that, like, these doctors were there being wooed on a presentation for a major, you know, new release. In this case, it was COX-2 inhibitors like Vioxx that ultimately, through further studies, were found to be relatively good painkillers, but at a risk. Um... So that was kind of interesting. It was kind of one of those moments where you wake up and go, oh, doctors live really well. They get these crazy off-the-hook you know, $400, $500 dinners for free. And I didn't even get to see like the care packages that they got to go home with. But, yeah, so some information now is starting to be made public on this. So instead of having to actually work in the industry to know this, now it's made more public. So the Affordable Care Act mandates disclosure of payments to doctors, dentists, chiropractors, podiatrists, and optometrists for things like promotional speaking, consulting, meals, educational items, and, and research. It's not quite clear what the data will show, in part because the first batch is going to be incomplete, covering spending for only for a few months at the end of 2013. But it's going to change things for a bit. It's, you're going to see a little bit more. Payments to doctors are widespread. Dollars for docs now include $3.4 million in payments since 2009. Um, $3.4 million payments, totaling more than $4 billion, of which $2.5 billion was for research. For 2013 alone, there was $1.2 million payments valued at $1.4 billion. Um, excluding research payments, Pfizer appears to have interactions with the most healthcare professionals last year. AstraZeneca came in second, and Johnson Johnson and Forest Lab had uh, pretty high numbers as well. A lot of physicians that are in practice are touched in some way. It's a pretty significant number. 
the old approach was just to get, try to get as many doctors as you can, blanket coverage, and establish relationships. I've seen a lot of what I would refer to as good-looking people, you know, dropping off samples, dropping off pizza for staffs. And, uh, are they buying influence? Is it inappropriate? Or is it just a way of doing business that, you know, maybe we should turn the head to and say, I get it, it's okay. Anyhow, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing in more. Um, going to be talking a little landlord numbers and thoughts and ideas a little later in the show. Um, but again, anything you want to bring up, I'm actually pretty good with you bringing it up. Um, 800-516-1220, it's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Some of the market stories of note today, GoPro gearing up to share more of its users' videos. The stock from the IPO is up 279%, and it's looking kind of crazy. You know, I have a security guard here where I work in television and, and radio that asks me every day, hey, what do you think about Alibaba? Hey, what do you think about GoPro? And you can always tell, like, what you should probably be avoiding by what he's asking about. And uh, I think that's pretty insightful. I hope you get what I'm trying to say. Um, not saying that you can't make money, because I told you to buy GoPro. I told you the IPO was going to be hot and sexy, and I told you it was very thinly traded, and it's going to be the number one selling device this Christmas, hands down. With investors questioning Ford today and their near-term outlook, Ford's getting ready to come out with trucks that are made with a lot of aluminum. Apple will tell you that aluminum bends. The new pickup on the F-Series, dramatic shift in corporate and aluminum panels, rolls into showrooms later this year. Ford said yesterday that it expects to earn at least $1 billion less in 2014 due to a series of setbacks, including weaker profits in Europe, and a recall of 850,000 vehicles with defective airbags. The recall will cost the automaker $500 million. Recalls seem to be pretty dramatic out there, don't they? Um, let's go to Jaime in San Jose. Jaime? Ah, he just dropped. So, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. TiVo debuts a new Android app to stream shows on mobile devices. Um, pretty cool. So, TiVo makes DVRs, which I would have thought the company would be gone by now. So they just introduced a mobile application for users to stream TV content on their Android devices. Um, similar to what they offer already on Apple. But again, the way we're changing, the way we're consuming media, it's pretty rapid. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black.
on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Talking stock markets, for sure. Talking finance. Every now and then I see little pieces of data that should help you. It's ugly in Italy, for instance. It's real ugly in Italy. Of all the Eurozone cases, the most troubling is Italy. Greece had some big economic collapse that you know became headline. Um, but Italy's never-ending downward lurch. is It's kind of remarkable. Now, I don't like Italy. <laughs> you're, saying, you're really not saying that out loud, are you? It's kind of a joke. Calm down, people. Um, it's like I say things like, I don't like old people. I love old people. I hate Prop 13. I think it's ruining California. It's ruined California schools. Um, and you'll someone will call right now. Some old person will call and tell me to screw off that, you know, he certainly paid his fair share and Prop 13 is great. It's not. It's not fair. The woman who owned my house paid $400 in taxes a year. One year before, I paid $12,000 a year in taxes. Um, And that covers a lot of things in your neighborhood. Um, It's not fair. Same house, same square footage, same location to Stanford, same location to schools, same fire department, same... It's... Saying that people should be grandfathered in this ridiculous uh, system, it's not fair. So when I say I hate old people, I don't really hate old people. I'm saying that there's some angles that... uh, How about I say this? I love young people. I love people under 25. Well, that just makes me sound creepy. Um, But 18 to 35-year-olds are the ones who basically support our economy by spending egregiously. I once was that person. Now I'm more of a saver. So I love young people. Woohoo! Creepy. But I hate Italy. Why? Because I don't like Vespas. I don't like guys who wear scarves and ride around on a Vespa and shoes that match their shirt and, you know, hit a horn that goes, meep, meep, and say, ciao. Meep, meep. Um, but Italy's got a big, 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 big problem. Their youth unemployment is significantly higher than it was a year ago. And that is a problem. Also, they've got deflation in what now looks like a triple dip in their economy, which no one ever talks about a triple dip. You hear about a double dip. But terrible employment prospects, grinding deflation, a massive, massive mast. Massive mess. And again, ciao. Meet me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, so Europe is a bit of a problem. And people like me can say, you know, oh, Europe's been around for 2,000 years, and they'll figure out a way to grow their economies. You know, King Louis did. King Charles did. King William did. King Peter did. And you're saying, I don't think I ever heard about a King Peter. Get off my back. Get off my back, you fact-checking freaks. Anyway, um, that's out there today. People are posting all over Instagram photos of their bent iPhones. Um, I saw an iPhone 6 Plus. And to me, it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. It is egregiously big for a phone. And I know size matters, and I like bigger phones. But it's, I think, it, let's put it this way. I think a lot of five foot eight guys are going to be owning the iPhone 6 Plus. My friend's a little bit on the smaller side. And he's got a son who's on the smaller side. And like, I, I think it's making up for something. So, height issues. So, I always felt bad for the guy who was like five foot five, but he'd always find like this really cute five foot one girl to date, and that's like, eh, I guess good for him. But anyway, um, height is an advantage in our society. Height um, helps get jobs. I mean, that's one of those weird statistics out there that if you've got good genetics, uh, it helps pay the bills. 
So a lot of people are now posting on Instagram pictures of their bent iPhone. Um, some people are saying, you know, I had the phone in my pocket for 10 minutes and look how it bent. So it all appears to be spinning, bending in the same exact spot. So I don't know. Bendygate, Consumer Reports said it wasn't that big of a deal, but Instagram saying that, hey, look, there's a lot of people who say it is. I don't have an answer for you. Stop asking me those questions. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Uh, report today came out on real estate. Oh, eBay splitting off PayPal. Do-do-do-do! King Peter decrees that's a big story. Um, is it? Thank you, King Peter. Um, King Peter also is decreeing that home prices in the United States rose at the slowest pace in almost two years. Um, that's a story, I think. Easing price increases and strides in the labor market should help more Americans get their first-time home ownership, home family formation thing going. But a lot of the reason real estate has done so well in the past five years are investors saying, you know, prices fell, I'm going to take advantage. When they rise, I'm going to sell. Nothing wrong with that. It's business. It's business. Beauty is my business. Don't mess with me, because beauty is my business. I know you're saying, what is that a reference to? It was Beverly Hills Cop. Eddie Murray played uh, multiple characters inside the movie. One of them was a florist. And uh, sneak into someone's office, he yelled at the secretary, beauty, beauty is my business, beauty is my business. So I've always thought beauty is my business is a fantastic line, and I've been waiting for years to use it. And I think King Peter and I have just decreed a good time to use it. Thank you. GoPro is pushing more of their, er, how do we say this, media. They're sweetening their revenue sharing for video graphers. There's a video on GoPro, the website where this guy's mountain biking down a mountain, which is how you mountain bike, I suppose. But it is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And to watch it, it, it makes me uncomfortable. I can't imagine actually doing that. Because if he goes three inches to the left or three inches to the right, it looks like he's a dead man. The video almost has to be doctored. The way he's going down a teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny thread of a top of a spike in a hill or something. It's just, it's nauseating. I know you're saying, good use of the word nauseating. I know, right? Thank you. People use the word, they say, oh, I'm so nauseous. I feel nauseous. No, you actually feel nauseated. So, just to let you know. It's like you you don't feel, uh, you're intoxicated, you don't feel toxic. Anyhow. I'm Rob Black. Love, love, love me. Alcohol's toxic. It makes you intoxicated. King Peter's decreed. I'm Ron Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Gold prices continue to drop. Gold not having a good run. I don't like gold. So let's recap things that I hate. I hate old people because of the Prop 13. I hate Italians because they drive around scooters and say ciao. I hate gold because it's lazy and doesn't have a job. What else do I hate? I hate Sarah Jessica Parker because she promoted $400 pairs of shoes. 
I hate Susie Orman because she gives bad advice and then never tells people that she gives bad advice. I love Mr. T. Love me some Mr. T. <laughs> me and T. Like, seriously, what a great, epic television show that would be. Right. Me and Mr. T. That's right. Um, just hanging out with him and giving him financial advice would be fun. No would make nice my... No more Mr. Nice Guy. We'd start fights together. We'd punch babies and, like, push people. And Mr. T and me would be Mr. T and me. Like, crazy? seriously. I'm not crazy. Although that would be fun to hang out with. It, it, it would feel like you are alive. Dancing the Dolce de Vita. Uh, that's all I got today. Um, 800-516-1220. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com, or he can be found at NewFocusFinancial.com. Email comes from Cody. I'm interested in laws in California in regards to palimony. I'm in a great relationship. I've been in it for seven years, but I want to protect myself. I make $90,000 a year, twice as much as my partner. I'm a saver. My name is on the house. Uh, seven years of living together. She has a kid. I put down 55000 on the house. If we split, we split all costs in half. She's got that boy. Is my savings house 401k union pension at risk if things go south? What do I do to protect my assets? Well, it's a commingling situation. So if you have assets prior to marriage, or a lot of times this has to be done before cohabitation. Right. So let's say that you're going to get engaged and living, live together. Unfortunately, the best idea is to get the prenup prior to right. cohabitation. But even with that said, you should be able to, to separate and keep your own assets separate as long as you don't So if he had the house before he shacked up with her and it's only in his name, it's going to always be only in his name. Yeah, but where you can run into problems is that if they've used joint income to continue to make the mortgage payments, yep. it taints the property. It's no longer a separate property, and it's a community property. So you need to keep very specific records and say, okay, your money that you're paying is going to cable and everything else. My money is paying the mortgage payments. He's basically screwed because he probably hasn't done that. They probably have a joint savings account where they both fund it, is my guess. Right. Well, so let's say you come in and you have a taxable account you've been funding for a long time, yeah. an IRA, and your 401k. So what you need to do is once you get married or go into a cohabitation, is, is really stop funding that account and fund other accounts. Make sure that that's listed and do your own trust your own living trust, and in your living trust, you have a schedule of community properties and separate properties. Clearly list that as a separate property and no longer fund it with joint assets. If you get money from inheritance or a gift, that can go into that separate property account to make sure that that doesn't get tainted with community property. Um, but even your 401k, you keep clear records of what the value was before you got married. And then, because that all the, the value prior to marriage, yeah. that's all yours. But it's going to be funded now with community property assets, which is your salary. So that you have to uh, – that's story, going to be split. Long story short, because he's thinking of it in year seven, probably she is entitled to half. Mm -hmm. um, and most lawyers and most uh, mediators would say just split it in half because you're not going to be able to back out of this without getting a huge legal bill to end. Well, it's pretty easy. If you do a good job in keeping separate assets separate, it's if good. If you do. If, yeah. But again, he's asking in fear more so than in planning. Mm -hmm. So my advice is if you're going to live with women in the state of California is treat them like a four-year bottle of wine. It goes bad after four years. Don't get to that fifth year of cohabitation. <laughs> never, ever, never. That one female listener you have is now gone. I'm teasing. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no. That shows women wait, investing. Wait, 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 wait. I know. You know I, met that, you know I met that woman last year who was 29. She right. lived with a guy for six years. She had maxed out her 401k. She had paid $30,000 of his debt off. Mm -hmm. She was cohabitating. He could have taken her for 50% of her worth, even though he spent everything and saved nothing. Um, she was the breadwinner, yeah. or she was the saver. And in the state of California, he could have gone to court and said, I want some of that. Well, most marriages end. You know, 50% of them end, and then they go do it again. And so if you're now going you to do it again... Now you've lost that one married couple who've been married for 40 years. <laughs> But let's talk about a prenup agreement, too, especially as a business owner, because what you can clearly spell out in a prenup, for example, or typically if you do it right, um, so I've been told I'm not an attorney, so don't think of this as legal advice, 
But um, if you're a business owner, you get a certain amount of money from salary and a certain amount from profit distributions. And in the prenup, you might need to spell out that, okay, I, the salary is community property going forward, but the profit distributions aren't. Okay. That's something to think about. If you've been burned and you've already lost half your company in a in a divorce, right? Then you also have to think about protecting that again. Don't do the don't make the same mistake. Prenups, postnups, all good things to talk about. And again, Cody, if you're worried, strongly consider sitting down with her in the good times and saying, like, look, I'm, I want to protect you. I want to protect me. I want to make sure that we plan for you know our future financially intelligently. So let's do this now. There's no shame in having the conversation honestly and openly versus waiting till you know what's going to cark. Any last thoughts in the last 30 seconds? Uh, no. I mean, it's something that you probably should educate your kids to because, um, you know, basically the age of our audience, a lot of people have kids. And starting to talk to them about these types of finance issues, warning them about knowing the financial views, goals of people that they're starting to date. Yep. Um, their credit, you know, how they view money. It's It's really important to talk to your kids about this stuff as well. I tell people in their 20s, marry wisely, wait till you're 30, maybe 35. To get your calls on the air, you can always call the show 800-516-1220. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. eBay splitting off PayPal unlocks a huge potential. You're going to hear more and more about commerce. You're going to see more IPOs tied towards mobile commerce eBay heeding to the demands of activist shareholder Carl Icahn, who quite honestly had an amazing run as an investor. eBay and PayPal will become independent companies in 2015. Um, and an independent PayPal could fetch a valuation of about $47 billion. If you look at how other companies are laid down, and PayPal will now be able to start relationships with Google and Apple. Is this a small reaction to Apple coming out with uh, their pay technology next month? A little bit, probably. If done right, the transaction could springboard both entities into more competitive players in their respective industries. eBay is going to get a big windfall from it. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Pick up the phone, give me a call, 800-516-1220. I'm not even sure the phone works anymore. I haven't got a phone call in, like, day. Well, I did get a phone call, but hang on. Yeah, I'm up. Unfortunate. Um, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The Patrick O'Hare interviews that I do, the... Dr. Jeff Rosen, the people from the street, I typically cut those up into teeny tiny little pieces and I post them on my Facebook group page. I hate Rob Black or my Facebook fan page, Cron4 Rob Black, Cron4 Rob Black. I do some TV work that I post on YouTube under Rob Black Show and link to Twitter, Rob Black Show. Uh, I would love to hear more about you, so don't be shy. Pick up the phone, give me a call. I know at times I say things that are interesting, but I think you do as well. And I'd like to hear from you. Volatility has picked up at the end of the quarter. Um, you know, taking a look at Wall Street on a day-by-day basis, it will freak you out. I tend not to recommend that. Um, 
I tend to say be patient, take your time, have a plan, accumulate assets, don't try to like hit home runs, uh, max out your 401k as much as you can. The SP 500's up two today, the Dow's up 43, the NASDAQ up seven. There's a lot of craziness going on in the world, tied towards Ukraine, Israel, Russia, um, ISIS, you know, Syria, and it's not healthy. It doesn't feel good. You know, the truth about October markets, is it a scary month or not? Um, I think people get a little too caught up in trying to figure out what month is better than others. People are ultimately superstitious lab rats, in my opinion, who are wired to try to see patterns where sometimes they don't exist. It's enormous, frightening world, which I've already mentioned. Um, we all know that October is when stocks crash. We've heard about it. We know something about that. Uh, to a lesser degree, so in October 2008. But 1987, really rough day. 1929, brutal the truth is, October is a pretty bland month. Uh, not great, not bad. Sixth best month of the year. Let's get a rich in San Francisco. I'm fulfilling your call wish. Oh, thank you. What's the future of Oracle now with our great Hawaiian island owning CEO leaving? Cute. Um, it's had a pretty good 52 weeks, going from roughly 33 bucks to $38. Um, it's a tech company, obviously. They have not been doing well as far as momentum goes. To me, they feel very much so like a big blue chip company. Um, Larry Ellison has kind of been, I'm not going to say stealing, because that's Totally the wrong way of thinking about it, but he gets paid a lot of money for his role at Oracle, and now he's stepping down as CEO, so that's a positive, not a negative, in my mind. Um, it's a pretty dominant company, and they're worth $170 billion, so what I would expect is that they'll keep doing what they've been doing, acquiring other companies, using their share price to do it. It's a tough company to short because it's got a valuation that's pretty cheap, 16 times next year's earnings. 16 times this year's earnings, 11 times next year's earnings. Um, that's cheaper than the market, so there's some value in it. Um, it has a 1.2% dividend yield, which isn't much, but a lot like IBM, I, their best days are clearly behind them, but they're pretty dominant at what they do. So I'd rate it a long-term accumulate on any sort of weakness um, if you want to own that space. you know, If you want to own sexy, go with salesforce.com or go with amazon.com. If you're looking for cutting edge, Salesforce.com is way better, in my opinion, as far as position of the company to continue to grow with a great CEO, Mark Binioff, but it's also trading at 80 times next year's earnings. So Salesforce isn't cheap. Everyone kind of knows it's great. If you take a look at the price-to-sales ratio of both companies, you start seeing a, a better picture of what you're looking for. Salesforce.com trades for 7.4 times uh, sales. There's a metric that I never talk about on the air. I don't know why. You know, I guess at times I feel like I, I don't want to enable you too much to go out and make mistakes or go out and try to, like, be what I do. Um, and maybe I should just trust you that you're not stupid. Um, you know, Salesforce.com trades at 7.5 times sales. Uh, Oracle trades at 4.4. So for every dollar of market cap versus dollar in revenue, uh, Oracle is a much better deal. Now, you could even punch in like a Microsoft, and see what their price-to-sales ratio is. If you're thinking, I think Microsoft is an enterprise software company that would be wise to break off its enterprise from its uh, Microsoft business. Um, Microsoft is trading about 4.4 times price-to-sales ratio. So you kind of see them all, you kind of see the growth you have to pay for with Salesforce, with the staid tradition of selling to businesses, uh, of Microsoft and Oracle, it's a little bit on the cheaper side. Uh, Apple's a bit of a winner today. Um, the whole Bindigate issue is out there. Apple Pay is good for PayPal, so it says PayPal. Um, App, 
PayPal said today they're spinning off from eBay. I think that's one of the bigger stories out there. Um, and Carl Icahn is just filthy rich. <laughs> filthy rich. He's not a young billionaire. He's an old, old, old man. But filthy rich is always a nice way to be described. Now, there's a couple younger people. Robert Para, he owns the Memphis Grizzlies, 36, worth $2.8 billion. Nick Woodman from GoPro is 39, worth $3.9 billion. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.